Welcome to Revenue Rehab, your one-stop destination for collective solutions to the biggest challenges faced by marketing leaders today. Now head on over to the couch, make yourself comfortable, and get ready to change the way you approach revenue. Leading your recovery is modern marketer, author, speaker, and chief operating officer at Tegrita, Brandy Starr. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Revenue Rehab. I am your host, Brandy Starr, and we have another amazing episode for you today. I am joined by Adi Reski. Adi is an experienced B2B marketing leader, an entrepreneur, a coffee lover, a world traveler, and an inspiring birthday cake baker living in Boston. Welcome to Revenue Rehab. Your session begins now. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I am happy to have you. An aspiring birthday cake baker is definitely a unique one. Um, so that that is super exciting. I was going to say, now I'm going to be craving cake for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> My kids know that before their birthday, <clears throat> they get to go on Pinterest and find all these crazy ideas for cakes. And mom will attempt uh, to create <laughs> One that looks as beautiful as this one. <laughs> that is amazing. Like that kind of artistic talent is something that I don't possess. But every time I see those cakes, it's it's just crazy how realistic they look or how creative they get with the things coming out of them and all the amazing things that you can do with icing. Um, yeah. So super, super cool. Um, but before we jump into really talking about our topic, I always like to break the ice with the woo-sa moments that I call buzzword banishment. So Adi, tell me what buzzword would you like to get rid of forever? I like to propose three, MQL, uh -oh. SQL, PQL. You're probably going to ask me what's PQL. That one I know, product qualified lead. Good. Um, I just want to propose to go back to basics. Uh, how about just leads, opportunities, closed one or closed lost? I think that um, we don't need more abbreviations. We don't need more, <laughs> especially in sales and marketing. I just, you know, what is an MQL? What do you qualify it by? How? If somebody got into the product, the PQL, you know, surely they came through inbound. Or It's just, it's really not needed. I like to go back to basics. I like, you know, to be measured by good leads, good opportunities, closed lost, super easy. I was going to say, again, yeah, as if PQL wasn't new enough, now we have CQLs for the community qualified leads because community-led growth is, is now another hot buzzword. So I do agree. And there's so there's so much debate around, you know, all of the QLs and what we call them. And to, to your point, it really is just a lead. Uh, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm good to put the acronyms into the box. Uh, we'll we'll keep the L like the basics <laughs> and throw away the the beginning letters. So we'll just keep the leads. Um, so awesome. So now that 
we've gotten that off our chest. Um, the I asked you to join me today to talk about in-house versus outsourced um, when it comes to marketing and different components of marketing. And I mean, as a consultant where the, you know, our bread and butter is companies who outsource their marketing operations and email marketing to us. Obviously, I have a strong affinity for outsourcing certain things. Um, but this is something that as I talk to other CMOs and heads of marketing, that there is a little bit of a debate. And in some cases, it's not a clear line around, you know, which is better if it's a blend of both, et cetera. Um, and so thank you for joining me to, to talk about this and, and get another perspective um, as well. Um, and before we like dive all the way in, I believe in setting intentions. It gives us focus, it gives us purpose, and most important, it gives our audience an understanding of what they should expect from our conversation today. So I'd love to hear what's your intention for our discussion. Um, what would you like people to take away? Um, I'd like people to take away that kind of decisioning tree or decisioning mechanism to decide when to outsource, when to insource. Um, and at which point, because it also kind of, you know, at which point the company is or the marketing organization, you know, and, and have that kind of, yeah, decisioning tree. Okay, perfect. And I think that's a great place to dive in. Um, it is, what is your opinion? So I'll start with the generic question of what's your opinion on in-house versus outsourced? Right. So I've been working in the past probably seven years, been working for small startups, anything from, you know, zero uh, revenue to 30 or 40 million. And when you start, um, you know, normally in this space, you come in as a head of marketing, usually kind of marketeer number one, and they have a bunch of um, agencies that they use because the CEO just simply cannot do everything. Um, and that's when you start asking yourself, what should I insource? What should I outsource? How much budget do I have? You know, what? how will I get the best value, right? Um, and so I'll give you some examples of small company insource and outsource. Um, I insource people who create content uh, just because most companies are niche. Um, you know, companies that sell open source projects or technical products, companies that sell tax solutions, things that are very specific, right? Um, it's very hard to outsource um, you know, the writing, the content creation to somebody who's never lived in this industry and doesn't have domain expertise in this industry. You really want somebody who lived and breathed that domain. And so I think when he, it comes to bringing, you know, content creation, um, blog writing, um, things of that nature, you probably want to insource. But things like um, um, marketing automation, right? Creating better workflow uh, in your HubSpot, creating better dashboards to measure, you know, analytics and, and, you know, lead attribution. 
I found that, yes, can I do it? Of course I can do it, but it takes such a long time and it takes away from my core specialty, my core expertise, um, that it really doesn't make sense. And there are people out there who, if you sit down with them and explain to them what you want to see first thing in the morning in your lead attribution dashboard, or what do you need um, from, you know, a campaign automation perspective, workflows, that kind of thing, they do it very quickly. And it's kind of silly to spend all that time. Or, you know, when you are working on a nice presentation and you really want to make a good impression, you know, have an outsourced designer. Or if you need, you know, to make changes on the website, it's, it's silly to spend time on it. There's so many things that you need to do as a startup marketeer that we really, you know, have to be careful. Uh, but then there are a few things that I've learned, new things that I've learned about insourcing and outsourcing. PR agencies, for example. Um, I've noticed um, over the years, you know, I worked for large companies and normally you out, if you're a large company, you outsource PR um, to other companies. Um, and I was disappointed most of the time uh, by it just because um, most of the PR agencies bring uh, people who are, you know, either junior or a very marketing generalists. And so they don't understand your domain. And so what ends up happening is that you need to create the content for them and they need to find the people, but they don't always know who are the publications that are important in your space. And I kept asking myself, is it really taking away, take, taking time away from me? I'm not sure. Um, so, you know, PR agencies is one of these things that I think that if you're a small company, you probably better insourcing, even part-time, but insourcing versus, you know, paying 10, 15 grand a month to a PR agency and then doing a lot of the work for them. Um, this is something that I found uh, was not very efficient. Um, video is another one. So a lot of companies say, ah, I'll just outsource the video. That's easy. What do you need to do? You just need to create or edit a video. Anybody can do that. But in my last company, um, I've seen, I've noticed um, that there is a huge trend, um, SEO trend in video. Um, and you get a lot ROI for investment in video rather than in blogs. And I've decided to insource a video uh, producer and that paid off. I, I, I couldn't even believe it. Because the more the video person understood our business, the more he was able to create more interesting videos, work with our domain experts, and create something that is really unique. Whereas when I outsource um, to video uh, people in the past, I noticed that I had to create a script for them and draw, you know, exactly what I need to happen. There was a ton of back and forth, back and forth. And essentially, I spend more time uh, in producing the video. And when you have somebody in source, not only you can create more video, but the quality is a lot higher because they understand your buyer. They understand what you're trying to do. 
uh, and they can propose things, um, you know, on their own because they understand it better. Um, so this was something that I've discovered on insource and outsource recently. So what I'm hearing is where there is that domain expertise, where that plays a key role, those are the places where you want to keep it in-house, um, where you've got someone that is living and breathing that on a day-to-day and can take all of those learnings, industry knowledge, all of those things, and put that into their work. That's right. And then on the opposite side, where there are things that are labor intensive, less domain knowledge required, those are the the opportunities to outsource. Yeah, I you know that's what I um, have found over the years. Um, but again, you know, if it really also depends on your budget and what you're trying to do. I think these days we're all asked to do, you know, more with less, right? Um, and so I can only imagine that <laughs> nowadays, you know, marketing teams are, you know, getting smaller and they're asked to do more. So, you know, what else can we outsource um, and how can we do that? Right. And so things like, you know, you need a PR person I and you cannot do it on your own. I've outsourced that, for example, I looked at Upwork. And I've outsourced it to somebody who had background in, you know, um, our ex- our domain. And I, it's kind of like in-source, outsource, if you like, because they worked part-time for the company. Um, they had good domain. Um, and I put um, kind of very clear KPIs around number of, um, you know, measurement around number of um, uh, backlinks and things like that, and work very closely with them. So you're kind of, kind of like a hybrid. So I would say if you are, you know, these days, who knows, um, you might look at kind of a hybrid mo- model where you bring somebody part-time, but they have some expertise and, and you kind of insource, outsource them. Okay. Um, and you hit on a few key points that I want to dig into more. Um, so the first is the people management component. Uh, so I know that one of the benefits of outsourcing is you don't require headcount approval. You know, in they always say that there's a certain number in different, re, you know, different reports show a different number, but there's a number of people that one manager can manage effectively. And so the more people you add on your team, you know, the more layers of overall people management you have to have, and you don't have that with outsourcing. Um, So I'd like to hear your thoughts on the people management considerations when choosing to fill a role on your team, whether it's new headcount, giving that, you know, responsibility to an existing person versus working with a third party to fulfill that uh, responsibility. How does, where does that fit in your consideration set? Yeah, it's interesting what you're saying because in my mind, when I outsourced, um, all of my outsourced um, resources joined my weekly marketing team. To me, it was uh, part of the team because how can you do marketing automation or um, 
you know, campaigns or PR if you're not part of, you know, if you don't know what's going on in the company. I think the more you know, the more you can come up with more ideas, um, help me better. Because um, I remember situations where I had like a marketing automation person and we had the relationship of, you know, I would have weekly call with them and I would say, I need X, Y, and Z. That's what I need. And they would execute, but it mm, it wasn't as efficient. And then I started inviting them to my weekly meetings. And then during our weekly calls, it was like, Adi, I know you asked me to do X, Y, and Z, but I listened to you or I listened to the other people in your team and your challenges and what you're trying to, did you know that I could also do A, B, and C? And that just adds a ton of value, right? Because the people you bring are super brilliant. They're very smart and they will always know more than you do. And so if you bring them in, uh, that's really important. So to me, it goes without saying that anybody, whether you're outsourced or you're insourced, you have to be a part of the team meeting. You have to be a part of the Slack channel. Um, you have to know what the company is doing because that will, you know, you'll add more value to me. You'll help me uh, be a hero and, and, and better. Um I think what it helps is you don't have to go through the same uh, recruiting process. Uh, for me, I have uh, a lot of um, outsourced agencies that I've been working with for years. And so it's kind of rinse and repeat, if you like, you know, <laughs> go to another company. I bring my team with me. Um, and so it saves some time. Whereas when you bring somebody in-house, um, there is a recruiting process. There's like 10 other people that they need to meet. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody has something to say. Um, and it takes a long time. Um, and when you bring somebody that is outsourced, they come in, they hit the ground running, they start executing. Um, and that's huge. Um, it helps you, you know, act faster uh, they integrate with the company more quickly because that's their business, right? And so they they immediately kind of work with everybody um, more easily. Um, so, you know, there's advantages and disadvantages, I think. in I, To me, I think in every, any company I would work for, you know, I would have um, a good mix of in-source in and outsource. Um, it makes sense to me. Yeah, and I'm definitely with you. I am not on one side or the other. Like, I don't think everything should be in-house because I do believe that there, you know, it creates some missed opportunities there. But then I also agree that you can't outsource everything because you do need the the domain expertise. Um, something else that you sort of subtly hit on that I, I want to expand on is when thinking about outsourced, there are different types of outsourcing. Um, and like you talked about Upwork um, and I, I kind of bucket them in low cost outsourcing. So whether that is like a, an Upwork or, um, you know, companies that um, uh, outsource their, you know, bringing people from overseas in order to give really low pricing versus outsourcing where it is more, 
highly skilled um, and you're going to get more of that strategic presence. Um, any thoughts around like what is your criteria for, you know, where you balance those low cost outsource resources versus your higher cost, but also highly skilled? Absolutely. So in things like marketing automation, you really don't want to go cheap because that's going to cost you later. Right. You want people who understand. You also know that a lot of this is not just one person. Usually there is some coding involved, some automation involved, some integration with different things. And so you really want to go high end, um, you know, agency or, or something like that, that can kind of really help you. Um, if you want to do rebrand or if you want to do naming, you really want to go high end. You really want to go with somebody who's done it before, um, who can really help you. You don't want to make any mistakes. You really don't. Um, I think with redesigning um, a PowerPoint presentation or you know social posts, um, you can afford ish um, to try a lower point. Um, option, right? Um, but I would also say when you go to the lower um, point option, um, look for some help from your friends, right? Um, look for your network, ask them, you know, I'm part of the pavilion, for example, the community and some other communities. Ask around, uh, people will tell you, right? Or not. You know, I have a great <laughs> designer. I don't want anybody else to work with her. I want her to work with me. And that's it. <laughs> Um, but there are certain things that where you can kind of afford, you know, social media, right? Social media, you may be able to bring somebody um, who can work with you closely. Um, and if it doesn't work, okay, uh, you know, you can defer to somebody else or you can find somebody else. Um, but, you know, certain things are very high risk um, that you really do not have time uh, to mess it up. Um, Google Analytics is another one, you know, set up a good analytics platform. Um, you, you, I did it. I've done it. It was a mistake. <laughs> it was a mistake. You really want high quality measurement platform, something that you can trust um, because that's your livelihood in marketing. If you cannot show good numbers, reliable numbers, uh, you may lose your job. Right. Because then the company does not know where the money goes to and you're not able to show where the money went and what you've achieved with it. And that's that's high risk. That's too high risk. Yeah. As a marketer, proving your worth is uh, is consistently important. Um, yeah. And I do agree with you. I think where I see value in more of the low cost outsource resources is things that are highly repeatable and, um, you know, where there's no, no thought required. And, and I don't, you know, don't mean to discount the, the lower end resources, but it is, you know, where I just need you to do this thing. I don't need you to think about it. Just do exactly what I'm telling you, like where the instructions are exact and repeatable that is where it is great. Like, you know, we have a number of people we work with through Upwork 
Um, and it is for things like transcribing the podcast, for example. Um, and, you know, those sort of things where it is literally take this recording, type the words that are in there. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, there's no thought required. And those are places where you can save a bit of your budget on those kind of things, which then frees up more of your budget for the higher skilled, uh, higher cost resources. I agree. I agree. It really depends on your budget. Honestly, I think that, you know, again, if you're a large company, you might want to bring an intern to do that and then grow them inside the company. But it really depends. You know, if you're a small company, you just have to rely on uh, people to kind of help you uh, from the outside. Um, and then the last area that I wanted to dig into that you kind of touched on is uh, focus uh, versus the amount of time that you have. I mean, we know that time is finite. We've all got the same number of hours in a day. Um, and you talked quite a bit about being able to outsource things allows you to focus on other things. And I think that that is a key consideration as well, um, because it is very much a just because you can doesn't mean you should. Um, and that's, you know, it's like, oh, my team can do that. But, you know, what is it costing you if they're doing this thing versus, you know, focusing on the, the things that require domain expertise? Um, so I'd love to hear you dig into that a little more. Um, around how that has helped you in being able to hand certain things off to a third party. Yeah, and I think that's where the kind of the decisioning tree that I talked about um, comes in, right? Because marketing is one of the most diverse uh, space in, in business, I think. You know, it's anything from producing a video to automation, to content, to product marketing. There's so many things. And so, my skill, for example, um, my core skill is product marketing. I've learned everything else, but product marketing is my core skill. So when I go in, I say, okay, I don't need to hire product marketing right now, but guess what? I'm not a good writer. I probably need some good writers with domain expertise, and I probably need some help with digital marketing. Just making it up, right? And so can I source them? Uh, do I have enough budget or do I need to go out there and find? So this is kind of the kind of decisioning trees. Like what, what can you do? What other skills do you have in the team? Understand what they're good at and understand what they're not very good at or what they hate doing. Right. And then, you know, and then figure out the gap. Okay. I have this gap with digital marketing, with video production and with design. Great. Fantastic. Okay. So here's what I need to do. I'm going to outsource this to just one person and I'm going to bring an agency for that. And I'm going to insource this um, and bring it all together. Right. And this is kind of the, you know, decision tree. And then there, there is kind of the um, over time, because I remember in one company I brought um, an outsource marketing automation because we were too small and over time we grew and it became sales operation and sales automation and it became bigger and bigger. And at some point I was like, do you know what? We need to insource. It's time. It's time to insource it. We would still probably need some agency for that, but it's big enough that we probably need it, you know, in-house. Um, but there's kind of, you know, depending on the size of the company, 
what your core skills are, what the team core skills are, and where are the gaps and where are you trying to be? Are you trying to, well, all of us are trying to do, you know, double inbound, the who doesn't, right? Yeah. So what does that look like? <laughs> and where is the inbound going to come from? Do we need it from backlinks? Do we need it more for social? Where are our gaps? And, and that's how you kind of fill in. It's almost a puzzle. You kind of put the puzzle together. Yeah, and I, I like that. It's really interesting because I think different companies go through different evolutions. Like you talked about outsourcing marketing automation until you grew to a point that you felt uh, that you needed to insource it. And then I'm thinking about one of our largest clients. Theirs was the opposite. They had insourced it when they were smaller. And then as they grew to a certain point, they were kind of like, we're never going to hire enough people to be able to handle this. Now we need to outsource it. Um, so I do think that like your decision tree in, you know, where do we have the skill set? Where is the headcount best deployed? Like, I think that is um, very much like the, the thought process. And in thinking about it, different companies are going to arrive at different conclusions from that same thought process. Um, Absolutely. So really, really interesting. Um, well, I love that. And talking about our challenges is just the first step and nothing changes if nothing changes. Uh, in traditional therapy, the therapist will give the client some homework, but here at Revenue Rehab, we like to flip that on its head and ask you to give us some homework. So for those heads of marketing that are listening and are debating what they should keep in-house versus what they should outsource, what is your one thing? I like to give one action item, one clear next step um, to help move us in the right direction. So I'm gonna ask you to give us some homework. Make a list of your core um, expertise. Um, what is it, right? Because marketing right now probably has, in general, marketing has maybe 50 skills. What are the core skills that you have right now, top three, four, five in your team? And then what are the gaps that you have in order to hit your goals this year and next year? I love it. Yeah, so let's make a list. Let's basically take inventory of the skills that we need and that we have to figure out what to do with those gaps. And as we are at the beginning of the year, you know, I think everyone is looking and, you know, planning and all those sorts of things to figure out how are we going to hit the lofty goals that are always thrust upon us every year. Uh, <laughs> so that is, is a great, great starting point. Um, well, I have enjoyed our discussion, but that's our time for today. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, thank you for having me. Yes, thank you for joining me and thank everyone for joining us today. I have thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with Adi. I can't believe we are already at the end. See you next time. Take care. You've been listening to Revenue Rehab with your host, Brandy Starr. Your session is now over, but the learning has just begun. Join our mailing list and catch up on all our shows at RevenueRehab.live. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at Revenue Rehab. 
This concludes this week's session. We'll see you next week.